This podcast is brought to you by ThamesCon, bringing conventions to Oxford and London, including the Great Conjunction, the first ever dark crystal convention in the world. For more information, visit their website at www.thegreatconjunction.com. Another world, another time, in the age of wonder. You are listening to Trial by Stone. Trial by Stone! Dea, Tea, Dara, Tea. Your vital essence, the Dark Crystal. Kida, Kida. Come, come, see for yourself. Aru, Garu. How very interesting. Dea, Tea. I feel the song of Thra in my heart! Now go, you heroes of Thra! Hello and welcome to Trial by Stone, the Dark Crystal podcast. I'm your host, Philip, and just want to say thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the podcast as we, you know, talk about Dark Crystal, of course. Um, and with me, as always, is uh, Sydney. Hello, everybody. I'm excited to be here, as always. Um, just recently got my hands on the Songs of the Seven Gelfling Clans, so I'm in the zone. Yes, yeah. It, it is actually, um, you know, I've been reading that book as well. I've sort of read through the first, the three tribes with um, Stone in the Wood, the Sprite, and the Navapra. And yeah, no, I, I've been pretty impressed with the book. It, I, I think Joe's done a pretty good job, um, you know, with expanding the sort of, you know, getting to know a lot more about the clans um but it's sort of at the same time not because of the way you know because it's written from a perspective of a song teller there's only one gelfling's point of view um so it's you know i know you know some of us might be oh you know this is gonna be the definitive sort of story about these clans um no it's it's a specific voice yeah exactly so so i actually kind of like that i actually don't mind that at all so um and also uh with us of course is jamie so jamie how have you been going I'm doing well. Yeah, just another day in um, the epicenter known as California. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Same. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. So I think on on for well for today or for this episode, um, we want to talk about. I guess you know. Uh, I, I guess I mean this is sort of something that Jamie. I mean you know we we've always been we're doing these shows. You know we're always sort of pitching ideas and stuff. And I know we've been doing these character discussions um that we've done in the past with Rian and Deet and Brea and we'll be doing more of them um but we thought we'd take a step back you know just sort of have a bit of a break um away from talking about the characters from the show um but also talk about Dark Crystal as a whole you know with the show and the film but also I guess um you know the importance of, I guess of, of stories and why you know they are so important and you know with everything that's sort of you know happening in 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 the real world i guess you know um where we are um not in thra but um so the you know the connections between them two and um yeah so i I, I don't know i might might, you know pass it on to you jamie because i know this is something that you you sort of pitched uh to to me and sydney about doing this sort of discussion about the darkening you know and how it sort of relates to the you know, to the real world and us and, you know, and all that. Yeah. Um, of course, yeah, like you said, having discussions. And then of course I, I run other two other podcasts and we've been doing one-off episodes on uprisings, why they're important. Um, and one of the 
topics, well, the main topic, the, the jumping off point for the Uprising episode was a post that I had seen on social media where someone wrote all these things saying, take down your Star Wars rebel flags, your, you know, your Luke Skywalker this and that, because you wouldn't have fought with him. Um, and I was like, wow, it's very profound. Like, what what does it mean to be to to be a hero in the story? What does it mean to do the right thing? What does it mean to fight for the rebels? What does that really mean? And do we believe it? And so when I was thinking about Age of Resistance, this story, and we've all mentioned this, all of us, in the last few weeks or the last few months, how incredibly relevant this story is to us right now, how incredibly um, searing the character of Brea is, the character of Deet, everyone, and their their how they work in the story and how that relates to us as people. Um, and I felt like, what if we explored uh, why Age of Resistance, and we can probably include the Dark Crystal, the essentially the final chapter of the story in this, why do these stories call and beckon to us and why do they speak to us? And I remember, Phil, you and I, before Sydney was involved, before this is a while ago um this is before age of resistance release this is like years ago you had said when we were talking about how we related to the film and you were talking about jen and his simple speaking and how and your own journey of being on the spectrum how that spoke to you and part of my reasoning for wanting to do this is i want to know from phil what about the story speaks to him i know why the certain characters speak to you I want to know from Phil, from you, Sydney, and from other people, why this story? Why is this story good? Why is this story relevant? So that was my pitch, and I guess here we are. I guess, you know, sort of to go in, in, in detail, I guess, with myself, like, of how I deeply, you know, sort of connect to, like, for example, like, w- with Jen. I think, um, you know, I sort of looked up to Jen uh because I, I know we sort of talked about this, I think we were in the early days, I think we were doing the Dark Crystal uh, Minute podcast, but I'll just reiterate anyways, because um, I know there'll be a lot of people listening uh, that haven't heard those other shows and, you know, such a big, you know, back catalogue. Uh, but like for me, you know, I, I know we're sort of going, you know, off topic, you know, not talking about Age of Resistance, but sort of going into Dark Crystal that, that for me, like I deeply connected to Jen because of the same sort of characteristics that I had as a child, you know, like he, he was lonely. He was always uh, surrounded with, with teachers, you know, growing up, you know, we, we, yeah, you know, with teachers like with mystics and um, which is very much uh, for myself that as a kid, you know, having um, autism, um, um, you know, being diagnosed with autism at a very, uh, very early age. And, um, and the big part of it was about, you know, speech therapy or the pervasive developmental disorder. So, so I sort of relate to that in that, in, in that way because of the whole teacher-student relationship that I've always had teachers, essentially. Like, you know, I had a, you know, I go to a speech therapist every uh, once a week or, you yeah, haven't had an integration aid to help me in my studies, you know, with, with schooling from primary all up to, you know, almost pretty much to, to high school. And, um, and you, you know, and, and so, you know, and, and almost in a way, you know, because I lived so far away from the city and whatnot, that sort of my sort of, you know, being in my own world that, you know, where I lived in, in Strathewan was very much like my own threat in a way, you know, it was just like, I didn't have many friends. It was only just, just myself and living on the farm, being able to, you know, walk around the 
you know the farm and sort of you know thinking about oh you know what it'd be like as you know <laughs> as a gulping you know going on the journeys and and i think um like with with jen like because i mean i guess you know um i'm just i'm just sorry i, I saw it going a little bit off topic i i have no idea no you're fine don't even apologize you're great because i think this is the this is the entryway into it we'll all have a version of the story oh yeah yeah and that's the thing like everyone has their own sort of different take um but like for me it's like and because of the way that the dialogue of jen like that it's very soft-spoken you know very you know very basic english and um and that's you know when i like watch you know tv felt you know shows or films and whatnot um that i think he was one of the very first characters that i sort of you know oh right you know i deeply connected to him because it's like well that's you know i feel like oh wow you know i'm a bit like jen and 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 even more so that i, I mean you know talk about age of resistance that you know i i connect to rin um as well because of the similarities that he sort of has to jen you know pre, you know presumingly that you know if rin's gonna be the father of jen um you know if you look at rin like you know he, you know in the show he becomes an outcast you know he's he's all alone you know once he leaves the castle of the crystal you know he's all by himself sort of thing for a good while um and you know sort of struggles to um you know connect to people or you know to, to connect with gelflings like you know uh, like i like i like like for example like with with rain you know trying to tell people oh you know this is what the skix is doing oh we don't believe you um but i sort of like connected to rain just just in that aspect of of connection that you know that that connection is a struggle um and um and i know there's like people that sort of you know that you know that the performance of rain is you know not as expressive i guess you know compared to bria because i know like you know i know a lot of people say you know that bria is you know she's very um yeah very expressive you know a lot of emotions that you got out of bria whereas with um with rian is sort of not that much you know i mean i mean he did you know of course you know got really upset you know of course with with mira and um you know feeling down and, and all that kind of stuff um but not as expressive but I sort of see that that like you know people with you know autism not not everyone um but you know the, you know there are some that, that do struggle you know to um to express their emotions you know externally like it's you know it's all you know it, it can be very internal you know like an internal kind of struggle which is why i'm really curious you know if if there's going to be a moment with rian um in season two where there's this you know, all these emotions are sort of bottled up inside him and, and he's just gonna you know explode in a way um and so i mean th th that's sort of one of the things that i sort of really connected you know with with jen and rian um in that in that respect yeah yeah so in a lot of ways you would say this story of the dark crystal both age of resistance and and the movie um part of why they're important not just for a narrative of rebellion and resistance, but also in a very personal way for a lot of fans who, who may have gone through similar things like you talked about. Like, um, I mean, it, and it really touches me to hear your story about um, growing up on the spectrum and, you know, cause I grew up with a lot of, um, I, I don't wanna say 
I don't want to, you know, call people out specifically, but I, I grew up with two very close family members who are also on the spectrum and who have Asperger's. Um, and so I grew up with an environment very, very similar to that. And I, I do think that stories like this resonate, um, and are very important for people to, to hear, to, to sort of get insight, to be more empathetic with, uh, other people's stories like that. And, to yeah just to just to feel more empathy for for different struggles and for and for different stories and to kind of step in the shoes of of other people who've been through that especially as kids you know and and kind of to normalize that to just because you may be you know for example being on the spectrum is not a disability per se just because it's different it's not you know keeping you from living a life that's rich and wonderful and and contributing to the world or in the instance of Jen and Rian saving the world you know just because you may have something that other people might perceive as a disability so yeah these stories are super important for that as well and I think you're a a living example of that no no no, thank you so much um yeah I mean and that's I think that's a great thing about like with stories is that like especially like with Dark Crystal for example you know or even Souls as you know as a kid that you sort of you know, when you, you just sort of look at it, oh, you know, it's just good versus evil, you know, good triumphs and whatnot. But like when you sort of grow up with these films and you, you know, you watch them again and again, um, you sort of get different things out of it. Um, it, it it's kind of, and, and I think that's like why there are some stories that just succeed in that way that, um, that you can just get something, you know, out of the story, you know, again and again, like in different ways, whether you just think about it as a good versus evil, or if it's something about like, oh, you know, that I'm able to relate to, to these characters. Um, it, it, it is kind of, you know, and I think, um, so, and I know like in, in a way that, you know, sort of, you know, with, you know, with Dark Crystal Age of Resistance that, um, I, I guess, I'm just trying to think like it's sort of been, I guess like so the overall story or the overall message I mean I mean that's the thing like there are so many messages so many things um but I think one of those is definitely you know the case of you know that one person you know can make a bit of a dif- you know can make a difference um which is very much similar in, in a way to you know Lord of the Rings um I think I remember you know with Galadriel you know just saying you know to Frodo that how you know, even one, one small person can change the course of the future. And um, it's going to be interesting, you know, seeing that in, in Age of Resistance. But thinking about that now... It's an important message, the message now. Of the dark, but the message of the Dark Crystal is more, maybe, you know, the change of many can change the course of the future. And And that idea of fellowship, too, that we get from Lord of the Rings is kind of also echoed in this in age of resistance as well because as we've kind of touched on before with our character evaluations that each of the members of our our party our fellowship of gelfling each have a really important crucial crucial contribution to the overall fight because of their specific background that they come from and their lens and their perspective and then um you know, they each represent a different part of the fight that works cohesively together. Um, and that's that's so important right now, I think. You know, it starts small on a personal level with understanding empathy 
Um, and that's something that's, you know, we need to be instilling in people from the time that they're born. <laughs> you know, we're, we're born with the capacity to be empathetic and that is something that needs to be nurtured. And um, stories like the Dark Crystal nurture that so that it can build that foundation for the ability to form fellowships and and to um, play important roles in the overall story of of life and <laughs> and challenges that that may occur like the ones that we're we're facing right now and I think one of the biggest issues that we see is people not being empathetic or um, considering others lenses and and perspectives and questioning establishment questioning you know what you are familiar and comfortable with because that's the way it's always been taking a step back to listen to the perspective of others and to be empathetic and to recognize when that's important and when that accomplishes a greater goal um so that's kind of um that's where i think we're headed <laughs> yeah i what i love about well or identify with i i guess in terms of the, the everyday reality that we are living in. And, and some of us, like Deet, live in a, a quarantine life or we're, we're not getting out much and we don't, you know, the world's sort of shut off for us, for a lot of us these days. There's not much going out. But what I do love, or maybe not love is the right word, but what I do identify with is sometimes the truth can look crazy. And when, um, or you can tell people the truth and it can seem crazy to them, like, Rian saying, hey, no, something happened here. And I'm telling you, but lies were spread about him early on so that everyone could not believe the truth. And I'm like, whoa, my gosh, like talk about right on the money and understanding that the truth costs you understanding that the truth has has responsibility attached to it. You just don't you just don't hear it or recognize it or see it and then go about your day. I mean, I guess you could, but that's where the empathy comes uh, in. Yeah. That's where the empathy yeah, comes in. Truth, and just truth can be a point of no return. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, just watching, I watched age of resistance again in a whole new light um, because of the world that we're living in, because oftentimes there's so many lies being spread by the Skeksis. It's hard to know what the truth is. And how do you know what the truth is? You have to be able to listen. You have to be able to be teachable. And unless you can listen, unless you can be teachable, you won't hear. And it's just... That's something that I think Brea really, you know, going back to our recent discussion about Brea, that's something we all learned from her um, or should be learning from her is that it's okay to recognize that you come from a place of for lack of a better word privilege um or a certain position where maybe you were blocked off from being aware of certain things because it's not your reality personally and she is faced with a moment of recognizing my normal is not the world's normal and i need to question what i have been established with and recognize that i might be wrong about things and I think it's a shame that I think culturally right now we're at a place where, I mean, especially I, I think in America, a lot of people are conditioned to feel ashamed to admit fault or admit being wrong about something rather than being grateful for an opportunity to grow and to learn. Um, you know, we need to switch that narrative to, you know, 
rather than be embarrassed or ashamed when you're called out on something that you need to question, it's it could be a moment of gratitude to be excited about new knowledge and to be better. And that's what Brea really represents because she's almost happy to learn that she's wrong about something, even though there's a lot of weight and gravity to it um, and a lot of sadness that comes with that knowledge. But she's also just so eager to learn and to be better and to help and to fix the problems. And so it's a little bit of a stumble there when she recognizes, you know, because her instinct is to notice the hierarchy of, you know, which Gelfling clans are more important than others. And she has to catch herself like, oh, there is no order. We're all equal. I can't believe I hadn't realized this was wrong before. But with this new knowledge, what do I do? And she steps up to the task. Um, I think that that's, uh, something that needs to be, especially, you know, you know, a lot of people are, are hating on the fact that Dark Crystal got the Emmy nomination for best children's series, you know, but I kind of see it as a, I don't want to discredit the fact that the show is for children because these are messages that if we aren't teaching our children, what kind of adults are they going to be one day? And children need these messages that hey it's okay to be wrong as long as you recognize what to do with that new knowledge and and be willing to learn and to change and to be empathetic and all of these characters teach us that and and i love that moment so much with brea under the throne where she literally faces that moment of oh this is something i was taught my entire life is normal to think this way and it's wrong that's uncomfortable, but it's okay. Here's my new knowledge, and it's going to be better. And in the words of Yoda, she had to unlearn what she had learned. And I think what's, in my opinion, more important or powerful for Brea's journey and why Brea is such a fundamental character to this show is when she's at the library in the beginning, she's looking at you know the, the imagery of the Gelflings walking into the castle with stuff like... Um, and she's asking questions. Why Why is this architecture built this way? What's the point? And enabled, in, in order to ask those questions, you have to be fearless. You have to not... And Brea essentially doesn't have fear. I mean, she does, but she doesn't. She doesn't... She has fear when in certain situations, but in terms of questioning the authority of the Skeksis, she had no fear. Even when she was with them, she's like, well, I want to see. Tell me about this. She had no fear. And you need, let's, without Brea, there is no Age of Resistance. Without her questioning the the way in which the hierarchy is set up, even within Gelfling clans, and her questioning then was the teardown of it. As she started to question that one single thing um, and then question her mother, well, why, why, why are we even doing this tithing? Like, What's the point? And well, that's the way things are. But why is that the way things are? I mean, those are really important questions for children um, You to teach them. I mean, and then, of course, eventually children go out into the world and there's a consequence to speaking up at certain times. You know, sometimes people are like, oh, OK, thank you for bringing it to our, our attention. And other times it's like, get out. We don't want to know. You're causing trouble. And for Brea, she was causing trouble. There were consequences to Brea's actions. Um, when Elder Kadia 
poisoned her essentially and she flipped the tables on him it didn't matter what the truth was it matters that she got the crown in trouble so she had to pay for it her actions had and sometimes doing the right thing costs you sometimes doing the right thing does does not feel like you're doing the right thing and i feel like oh yeah and often sometimes too doing the right thing to other people who aren't used to it also looks wrong to them and i i made uh I, I don't know if I said this on the show before, but I, I, th- I, I truly believe that when darkness battles light, it doesn't look like light. It looks like dark. And I think about Deet. When Deet was overcome by the darkening, she looked evil. She looked uh, malevolent. She was, in fact, not. She was fighting the darkness, but it had to it consumed her as well. And then she had to walk away. So there was also a cost in there as well. And I think... These are the most important stories that children can learn. These are the most important stories that we can learn as adults. And these stories help us question our reality and question what do we what do we believe what we believe is it right? And are how open are we to discuss that opinion? How important are our opinions? Or is you know, and I think about Tavra, Tavra's love for her sister was greater than her opinion on what her sister was doing. That's why Tavar was so important. And Celadon was the opposite. Celadon's love for the crown and for for to look right in the eyes of the Skeksis was bigger than her love for her sisters or her mother. And she, it cost her too. Well, and she was afraid of change also. That's the difference, right? Like, I, I would argue that Brea's not fearless. It's that she is able to face the, the fear because at the same time, we don't want to teach that we have to you know, be completely without fear at all because fear is a natural human emotion that will happen and we don't want to be ashamed when that happens. It's what do you do with that fear? What do you do in face of that fear? And recognize what's more important than that fear um, and what happens when the fear wins. And Celadon is an example of she was afraid of changing what was normal and what was comfortable for her and things have worked thus far. I'm in a position of power because things have gone the way that they have gone and everyone I love is still alive you know up until a certain point up until things started getting questioned in her perspective it's it wasn't until we started questioning things and and trying to upset the system that people started getting killed everything worked because she was only seeing her lens she was only seeing things from her perspective and in her perspective I'm fine I'm you know gonna be all madra one day everything's everything's fine the way it is and I'm afraid of what I could lose if I question that so I'm gonna shut my ears and my eyes out to the possibility that I might be wrong because what am I gonna lose when things change and um, the fear of change is very very real and through the Gelfling we see (laughs) that that is actually something very very human we all fear change in a lot of ways but often change is exactly what has to happen always it is what has to happen change occurs every single moment constantly in nature forever (laughs) so um and that is often scary but you face it and you embrace it and it's sort of going it back back um to you know with age of resistance how i was sort of criticized all like oh why should it be nominated for kids show it's not a kids show but you know (laughs) If you look back to it's an everyone it, I know show. it's everyone's show, but also if you if you, even if you look back to the original film, The Dark Crystal, 
And, you know, there's this quote from Frank Oz and, you know, talking about the original film. He's like, well, what Jim wanted to do, it was totally his vision, was to get back to the darkness of the original Grimm's fairy tales. He thought it was fine to scare children. He didn't think it was healthy for children to always feel safe. Um, so it's like, you know, it's, it's always been like, you know, uh, yeah, the, the audience, you know, to children. And, but it's like, but it's sort of, um, so trans, I don't know, transcends is the right word, but it, it is sort of a franchise that, you know, well, it's more of a fa- you know, family, you know, not children, but for family, you know, that it, you know, that even adults can get something at the show as as we do you know like so talking about like with the character of jen like how i relate to him it, it didn't click to me till probably when i was much older that i'm like you know i didn't think about that at the time but it's like oh you know that that's why another reason why you know this franchise has worked for me um well the best lessons for kids right and i'm speaking as someone with a with a background in education who's i've worked with kids of just about every age and I have always consistently found that the most effective lessons for children are the ones that they don't really know that they're learning until they're putting it into action. You, you know, the lessons that stick with you are not the ones that are the boring lectures where you get all the information and you take the information down, you write your notes and, yep, I've learned it, here's the information. You forget that as soon as it's not being tested anymore. It's when you're tested on that information in life and it naturally occurs to you to handle it the correct way. That's how you know the lesson was effective. When it just makes sense in the context of when you're learning it. And art and cinema and shows and music, these are ways that these lessons can be taught in a sustainable way that lasts. Um, and that's one of the ways that this franchise is so very important because it's teaching these lessons to kids in a way that they don't know they're being taught, but they are being taught in a very real, very important, sustainable, life-changing way, as we can see now in our behaviors now. And, you know, those of us who were Dark Crystal fans as kids now, like you said, are recognizing the lessons we learned and didn't even know we were learning them, <laughs> but we did. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's just, it just adds a whole, you know, new layer um and even just sort of sort of thinking of the themes you know the dark crystal is you know you, you know you've got your know, hope your good versus evil um it's about you know union divisional you know the balance the unbalance um you know to oppression you know with skeksis or slavery and um you know that we see with the skeksis you know using the podlings as slaves um you know to even things you know I mean, I mean, even things like sort of racism in a way, like with, um, you know, especially, you know, the big example was in episode uh, three, um, when Dayton Hop, they go to Stone and Wood and, you know, you're seeing the Stone and Wood golflings, um, you know, saying really nasty things to Dayton, you know, saying that, you know, a filthy green golfling and being, dis- you know, disgusting or smells like wet fizz gig and, um, Oh, like, you know, Grotten, didn't they die out? And, you know, just really being, you know, re- really terrible for, for Dete. Even though I think, at the, you know, Dete and, and, you know, for Dete, you know, this is her first time, you know, going out in, in, you know, to the world above. And I think, you know, when she fell down, like, she didn't understand, like, why, why are all these things happening? And, um, and it was one of those sort of scenes I just, I loved when Hup, you know, 
he saw what was happening and he took action um and you know and it didn't matter because i'm like he is probably didn't matter for harp you know who what gelfling you know was because i mean he's probably never seen a grotten gelfling in his life either but yeah i mean that was the thing that i loved about yeah with harp being in a you know stand up like you know what you know these certain words that you know they're being really rude to her i'm gonna do something about it um and in that sort of circumstance was you know for his actions that he ended up um you know being taken to to the to the hole um you know below the um uh yeah yeah and he sang when he was in there notice no he didn't regret it he was like you know he did not regret his actions he knew it was the right thing to do um even though he had consequences for it he was still singing as loud as he could um while he was down there what does that say about about hup um I can't wait to, to dive into Hup the next time uh, we get into that because I feel like he's a an amazing teacher in <laughs> these lessons that we're that we're focusing on right now. Just in the first scene that we get with him, because well, he and Deet together in in conjunction are teaching us this lesson in listening and being empathetic because when they meet they don't speak the same language and you know deet doesn't understand a word he's saying but she's still listening to him and they're still trying to communicate and and get on each other's level to the point that they can because they're helping each other you know he helps her you know against this the spitter and they recognize that they are good people even though they're she's never seen a podling before she doesn't know what they are she doesn't speak his language um he's not able to convey what he wants to say to her with words but he finds a way to make it work and they don't hesitate at all in joining forces and heading toward the same goal even though for a lot of us culturally we might hesitate from a situation like that and and see the fact that uh, this person doesn't speak my language as a as a handicap Or as a, you know, oh, that's going to get in our way somehow because we're going to have all these communication barriers. But you can work through communication barriers and and learn from each other. And and often those end up being the most important unions. um, And and we shouldn't be afraid to forge bonds like that. And HUP is just such a great example of that. What I love about um, not just HUP, but the idea that, I mean, the reality is, there's all of these systems and structures in place. These are the Grattans. These are the Vaprins. These are, you know, here's the Podlings, which are sort of what we see. We, we view them as the lower, the lower species. And then even you have the Fizgigs, and then you have the Skeksis, and then you have Agra, and then you have the Mystics. There's all of these things going on, but the reality is they're all sharing that planet. And that's what should bring them together. And that's what should bring us together, but it doesn't. It doesn't because everyone has there's finance there's money involved or there's power involved in the case of the Skeksis. There's there's control, there's long life, longevity, there's so many things. There's threats to that. So because we feel threatened, we're gonna to need to make you subservient or we're gonna to need to grind you to the ground and take all that you have, um, so that you know where your place is. But again, I think on a base level, our brotherhood, our sisterhood, our family should come from the idea that we all share the same earth. 
We all share the same planet, and that's what binds us together. And don't we want the best for our planet? Don't we? Don't we want to treat each other as equal? And and one one beautiful thing about Deet among many is she is moving in and out of different. Well, certainly it's stone in the wood, but then she gets to to uh, Harar, and she's with the Vaprin, and they're clearly very well off, and they live in the mountains, and it's beautiful, and she doesn't feel at home there. Um, but she's for her. She's like, oh, hello. This is uh, my name's Deed, and this is what. And they're like, what? Who are you? Why do? Where are you from? We don't care. And she's met with that over and over. And the most lo- unlikely person. And they again, they do have more in common, like you said, was Hop saying, I'm in this big, great wide world, too, and I'm trying to find my way as well. Why don't we do this together? And they understood that their their connection, their what they shared was bigger than their differences. And that's what made them, I don't want to use the term powerful, but poignant and um, important to the story. Yeah, I was going to say important as well. Well, plus... The difference between someone like Deet and someone like Celadon, for example, is that Deet actually saw the darkening. She saw firsthand what the, their big goal is. We have to end this darkening because this sickness that's infecting the planet is ultimately going to destroy everybody, no matter who we are, what our culture is, you know, what our borders are and our all of that. It's it's. This is a threat that we all need to stand against. And she is able to, like, see past any of the little problems that get in the way between her and the final goal because she recognizes the bigger picture. Like, she's not going to be bothered by the fact that, oh, these people have a different culture than I do. We're not going to see eye to eye because we're from different backgrounds. She recognizes that at the end of the day, all that aside, we're still, we have a common enemy that is going to destroy the earth we both live on. And I think that that's something that humanity could stand to learn is, yes, we have these huge differences in who we think, you know, the enemy is and who... um, what the bigger problems are and what things we need to get out of the way first and what the more important issues are everybody on these different sides of this of the spectrum you know politically and socioeconomically and culturally there's so many different lenses to see things through but we need to stop and recognize beyond those things what is something we all can be united against and what is something that should be important to everybody regardless of all of those things and how can we utilize those differences not necessarily regardless of them but how can we embrace those differences and use them to our advantage in learning and strengthening one another by challenging our preconceptions and learning from one another and um teaching each other because we're all we all should be after this common goal we need to you know everybody should be zeroing in on (laughs) what's what unifies us and you know be willing to question themselves and learn what it all comes down to and i think uh on top of all of that what's also really important is that when your fellow human or fellow gelfling or whatever comes to you and says you know i'm experiencing this thing and i have questions will you listen even though this might not be your experience and maybe you have lived a completely different light. You might not even agree, but can you listen to me? 
can you can you put aside your own need to have your opinion heard to hear what I have to say and that maybe my experience is different and that's where you begin you begin in the conversation and I think that was the struggle with certainly with Rianne uh, he, he he's trying to get the people who know him the most to listen his father wouldn't listen to him um, you know his madra wouldn't listen to him his his clan thought he was crazy. The lies are already spreading. He just was like, please just listen. Like I have evidence, like, look, like, listen to me, dream fast with me. And then they had been so tampered with by the Skeksis by that point, obviously that they didn't even want to dream fast. Oh, he's crazy. The lies were spreading about him. And, and then of course the couple, one of my favorite scenes, the couple he runs into in the forest, they had heard whispers too, which, you know, pushed them away from him. Um, but he just wanted someone to listen. And then, of course, he meets Deet in the forest for a moment, and she has no judgments of him. She's like, yeah, I'll help you. And she is ready to listen. And again, Brea, by the time she's dis- in her journey of discovery, gets to a point where she's like, well, now I believe anything because I've experienced this, this, and this, and this. And But they all had to get to that place where they, they had to put aside what, they had been taught to hear a different side of it, to hear a different journey. And that's so important as people. I I feel like um, it doesn't matter that maybe I don't experience, I don't know, whatever you experience on a certain, like, you know, Philly, you live in a different country, you know, Sydney, you live 600 or 400, 500 miles away. We have different experiences in our everyday and some things we might go through, you might be like, what? But, that's just how it goes. And if, and I think some of the issues that we experience as people is that we won't validate that from other people. We won't hear it. We, and we'll be like, well, that's not, I don't think that's a problem. That's not my experience. Next. You know? Yeah. Because there's a fear that it'll question what they consider normal. Well, what if through learning this, it turns out I'm wrong and I hate being told that I'm wrong or I hate questioning, you know, whether the thing that I've been conditioned to be or raised to feel is normal is actually not and and my status quo has to change like that's terrifying and shameful to so many people um and i think that's why it's so easy for for even rian's father and for the other gelfling to even though rian knows (laughs) like i have seen this evil please believe me i can show it to you i have all the evidence you need it's easier to write it off as oh he's crazy it's fake news that's comfortable because it's it doesn't it's just a quick (laughs) band-aid i don't have to think about this issue right now i'm putting off the responsibility it's easier for me to just stick with what i know and what i'm comfortable with it's it's a hard thing to break but we got to normalize it and take the shame away from that and again like sort of thinking about with age resistance especially in episode five you know that dream space is such a a pivotal moment you know where you've got all the different gelflings you know you know holding hands in the circle and they're doing their dream uh you know the dream fasting sort of everyone being on the same level on the same page that this is this is what's been happening you know this is what happened from rian's point of view this is what's happened from brea's point of view and deet's point of view um that they've got this one big message that yep darkening's happening skexies are up to no good and you know we got to do something about it um which you know big part of it was you know thanks to all because i mean she had to sort of you know 
had to go back to to thra you know and uh you know singing the song of thra um that you know she was really struggling to um you know it took her a very long time to you know how can i reconnect back to thra um she had to be teachable as well mother agra had to learn how to listen again what 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 i mean and she knew all but she didn't know all and she let her material possessions distract her from the reality of what was going on in the in the on thra and another i really feel like this is something have you guys have we had a i don't think we've discussed celadon yet have we she's oh my god she's not in depth just no. in moments like she hasn't had her own episode yeah. no, she needs yet. her own episode no, not yet, one not thing yet. i think we, we'll get to her yeah yeah one thing i think well among many is how powerful celadon is by the end of the show that she has come into the understanding of where thra is at and what the Skeksis' intent are. And by the time she's fighting alongside and flying alongside her sisters and um, fighting against, I mean, she is like a force to be reckoned with. Um, and it's a testament to that even people who you think maybe will never hear you, people who will never change their opinion, not giving up hope. And it's not so much everyone being on all on the same side or everyone agreeing with the same things. Certainly in the story of Age of Resistance, uh, you know, there were the Skeksis were doing terrible things and people needed to realize that and, and walk into that understanding. There's there's no there's no other side to that story. However, um, even in the lives that we live, we are not always going to agree. You know, um, we're not going to we might you know, there's plenty of things that we might not agree on, but like and that we could let divide us um and we have to even check ourselves all the time even in discussions that that we have as friends that we have on social and we can say oh you know i love this person more than i love my opinion but i'm relating it back to celadon because despite everything she did all of the damage she had done she realized the error of her ways and she became one of the biggest fighters um and uh, the biggest supporters, and you, we did not doubt her allegiance by the end of Age of Resistance. She was with us. She was one of us. Yeah, she she joined the side, you know, um, and especially you know during the Battle of the Stone in the Wood, and being there, you know, for Mordra Farah, you know, when 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 she died, um, hearing the Song of Thra, and um, yeah, really really changed Celadon's character um just just her arc is yeah it is very incredible you know very um transformative you know from where she was in episode one up to episode 10 um yeah which is another important lesson for us as an audience as well if you think about it because how often do we in our culture now dig up some horrible thing someone said or did from decades ago and then you know cancel them forever <laughs> because they can't be on our side now and you know not to say that there aren't certainly unforgivable acts that people could have committed of course but Celadon's story shows that we need to embrace when people do the thing we're talking about and realize they were wrong and change and admit it own up to the fact that they messed up and then not just say you're sorry, but then actually show with your actions that that is not the person you are anymore. 
you know, shows that we don't want to discourage that in humanity, the ability to change and grow. Because if we don't, if we don't forgive and if we don't acknowledge genuine change, what is the incentive then to question yourself and admit that you're wrong? Because I'm never going to be forgiven. People are just going to hold my mistakes against me. The minute I assume that I, the minute I admit that I was wrong, that's all I'll ever be is wrong for the rest of my life. (laughs) And, you know, people are just going to, it's like they're afraid they're going to walk around with a stamp that says wrong for the rest of their lives. But we have to break that and sell it on as proof that if you stand up and fight the fight and change from the, the wrong that you were before, then it shouldn't matter anymore. In fact, it should be a mark of character that you were wrong once, recognized it, and made the change. Yeah. And then you could admit it. Like, I think some of the most powerful people in the world are people who can say, yeah, I'm full of mistakes. And I I make, you know, and I make just mistakes all the time. I think we should be able to say that. We should be able to, and we should be forgiven for it too, because everybody's the same. And we we don't live in a world, fortunately, Thra and in Age of Resistance isn't a cancel culture world. They don't live like, it's a, hey, no, we need everybody, every dog in this fight, every physgig in this fight. And yes, you made a mistake, but now you're with us and that's what matters. Yeah, we can't afford um, to lose somebody. <laughs> and that's such a lesson for us as people to, you know, that we can, I mean, relatively, unless you're mil- killed or raped or, you know, or done something unforgivable, um, you can you can come back, you can be better, you can find redemption. And I think the story of redemption is never old and will never tire. And I think Celadon's story is a story of redemption. Even in her own way, Brea's story is a story of redemption, where she was used to life a certain way and she had to understand that life wasn't that way for everyone and things were unfair. And you, she had to question it. And without Brea's questioning it, I don't know if things would have gone as well as they did. I, don't, I mean, whatever well as they did, that's you know arguable. Um, it was tough, but well, things always have to get more chaotic before they get better. You know, anytime you uncover something in the status quo that's wrong and there's injustice happening, things have to get shaken up at first. You know, things are going to be ugly for a while because that's just the nature of, of change. You know, it's when a caterpillar turns into a butterfly, it literally disintegrates and turns into goo inside of its cocoon before it becomes a butterfly. And you know, maybe that's a corny metaphor, but at the end of the day, it just goes to show that anything that's transformational and working towards something better, it's never just going to be a, as simple as, oh, I need to change this thing. It's better now. That's that's not reality. Things have to get shaken up and messy for us to figure out what the next step is. And as we're working that out, that's why it's so easy to lose faith and why people can go, look, see, ever since you guys started questioning things, look at what a mess it's been. Well, yeah, of course, because that's the nature of change. Things have to get shaken up before they can calm down. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I guess especially, you know, with what's happening in the world, you know, with this uh, the pandemic or, you know, that I think, you know, it's sort of, I mean, you know, this year is sort of, it's been feeling like a bit of a reboot um, in, it, in itself. Um, but, uh, but yeah, and, and, and yeah, you know, and yeah, like, you know, we're in the circumstances that, you know, that seem really, you know, dire, really bad um but i think you know in due time you know things will improve and then you know not only with the pandemic but a lot lot of other issues that's sort of been happening uh, you know around the world as well um that sort of you know relate to you know you know with 
you know, the themes of, you know, with age resistance and, you know, having, you know, really speaking up and making the difference. And, you know, we, we're sort of seeing a bit of that. We're seeing a lot of it actually, um, you know, these days. So I think it's going to be really interesting, you know, how the rest of the decade is going to be like, um, a decade of change. I, I don't know. It's, it's, um, it's just very, it's, it's very interesting times. Um, that's for sure. And it just, yeah, again, with dark crystal, it just has so many themes, um, so many messages. Um, it's a very deep show <laughs> and, um, yeah. And, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, um, and boy, you know, I, I just really hope, you know, it, you know, it get, gets that Emmy, uh, you know, um, so yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh yeah. And even if it doesn't, I just hope I just hope more. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just hope that more people watch it. You know, to me, yes, you know, winning awards and accolades and you know, getting renewed and all of that is is very important in its own way. But I think the most important thing is just that people keep watching it and learning from it, and that um, the messages that we're speaking about today are being heard and continue to be heard that people are showing this show to their kids. I really hope there are kids out there watching it and parents out there sitting with their kids watching it. Um, I don't want to shame the fact that it was nominated as a children's show at all, because if that encourages a parent out there to say, Oh, I didn't hear about that one. That's a kid's show. Oh, maybe I'll put that on with my kids then. And then watching that, watching the show with their kids, makes a difference in their lives and influences the person that that kid is going to grow up to be someday. That's, that's the importance of art right there. And if kids can handle David Bowie in spandex bulging out, they can handle Skeksis. I mean, I'm not going to lie. That made Dark. me grow up a little fast, but it was very important. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's, I think it's, I, I do think, I, I think that the category is fine. I think the Dark Crystal, I mean, for a minute, I think the Dark Crystal was always going to be a tough sell to, to the Hollywood Foreign Press and the you know the the people who give out awards, it's just going to be a tough sell. Um, it was never going to be easy. That's the legacy of this, of Dark Crystal. It's what makes it special. If it was, you know, uh, I, I guess the one great thing about Age of Resistance is that it's universally loved by not just fans, by critics, and by Frank Oz. What more could you ask for? Well, I know what more we could ask for. Too. For Jim to still yeah, be alive, too, obviously, and a season two, but well, yes. But if Jim were still alive, we would have a season two. Absolutely. There would be no question. You know, he'd be, he'd be in this fight with us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All the way. Yeah. Yeah. So no, it's just, um, it's just, it's, it's just been an incredible time. Um, and, and I think we'll probably wrap up for this episode of trial by stone. Um, again, thank you so much, Cindy and Jamie, you know, for this discussion. I think, um, you know, this has been something we've been wanting to do for a while. And I think, you know, it was just, you know, now that the time had passed that, you know, we were sort of able to really, to, to listen, understand. And, um, yeah, again, it's just going to be interesting, you know, for things to come in the future. And, um, and Dark Crystal just has so many messages, so many themes, um, that, you know, always revisiting the show, there's always something new regardless of you know whether you've seen it you know once or twice or hundreds of times it's always there's always something you know to really enjoy from yep. that show. and it's always going to be important it's never going to be dated knowledge it's going to be their lessons that need to be learned for every generation 
If you'd like to get in contact with the show, you can do so at darkcrystalpodcast at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash darkcrystalpodcast. Follow us on Instagram at darkcrystalpodcast and on Twitter at darkcrystalpod. If you'd like to support the show, subscribe to the podcast, write a review on Apple Podcasts and consider being our Patreon supporter at patreon.com forward slash dark crystal podcast thank you all so much and stay tuned for the next episode of trial by stone this podcast is brought to you by thamescon bringing conventions to oxford and london including the great conjunction the first ever Dark Crystal Convention in the world. For more information, visit their website at www.thegreatconjunction.com.